Hello, my name is Chris Kreitcher, and this is the New Rust Station Podcast, a show about learning the Rust programming language. This is Crates You Should Know, Rocket. As someone who works all day, every day, in the world of web development, I have to admit that as fascinating as many of the low-level projects in the Rust space are, and as incredibly important as many of those projects are for things like the reliability and safety of our software, this one is one of the ones that makes me the most personally excited. Rocket is a full-fledged web framework for Rust. Probably, at least in my opinion, the most fully baked of the handful of actual web frameworks in Rust out there right now. Now, one important thing to understand is that, for one thing, I'm distinguishing between a web framework like this and the underlying and essential tools for building these kinds of things, tools like Hyper. Another is that I want to clarify where Rocket is in this space, in particular by way of contrast with something like Iron, which is much older than it, and while very good, is very different from it. I may come back to Iron at some point, along with some of the other even younger than Rocket fledgling web frameworks. Iron is a, quote, middleware-oriented server framework, unquote. It requires you to write yourself or to reuse sets of middleware to build up your responses to each request. That's a very powerful model. It's also a very low-level model. Rocket is more in the general vein of something like a Django or a Rails, in the sense that it aims to give you many more of the pieces that you need for many web applications right out of the box. There's room, and indeed, I think there is a need for both of these approaches to building web applications, and I want to see both approaches thrive. I want to see Iron thrive, and I want to see Rocket thrive. But at this particular moment in Rust's history, I think the approachability factor for Rocket, the fact that you just get more out of the box, is really important. Here's why. Being able to build your own middleware stack, as you do in Iron, is incredibly powerful in one particular way. It lets you control every part of your web application stack, and that control lets you carefully manage every detail of the performance of your app. It has a downside, though, and that downside is that it requires you to manage every one of those details. To be sure, I think managing every last detail is probably more tempting, more appealing for Rustations than it is for the average, say, Ruby or JavaScript developer. Without speaking ill of them, we just often have different priorities. But one of the things the Rust ecosystem needs is places where it is easy to get started. Not everyone needs to be concerned with every detail everywhere in their app. And we should make it possible, as indeed Rocket does, to have the high performance of Rust code without being as concerned about every last implementation detail. Put another way, sometimes you do want to drill down that far, but other times, a nice abstraction goes a long way. And if that abstraction can be very low or best of all zero cost, that's a huge win. It is, in fact, one of the biggest bets Rust is making as a language, that we can have both high-level abstractions and low-level performance. And Rocket is an attempt to provide a high-level abstraction for building the server side of a web application while still giving you Rust-class performance. When I say it does this while maintaining those low-level guarantees, I mean it. But if you've spent a lot of time writing in a high-level language and framework, like the aforementioned Django and Rails, 
you're probably wondering how it can possibly be in the same ballpark as those in terms of developer ergonomics, while also maintaining its speed and low-level performance, the, the performance we have all come to expect from Rust. The answer basically is magic. Where, of course, by magic I don't really mean magic, I mean procedural macros. Procedural macros are a piece of the Rust story I haven't covered yet on the show, not least because they are, frankly, still not something I'm comfortable with. And in truth, most normal Rust developers don't need to be deeply familiar with them or ever to write them. But they're incredibly powerful, and as such, they're profoundly useful tools for building type-safe but ergonomic abstractions like those which Rocket exposes. Unfortunately, they're also still unstable which means that Rocket still only works with unstable, nightly, Rust, at least for today. Procedural macros, what are they? They are a way of doing a full transformation of the syntax which is made available to you at a much more sophisticated level than even normal Rust macros support. That comes with some attendant complexity as well. You're basically writing compiler plugins at this point. When you're writing a procedural macro, you're basically writing a compiler plugin. You're writing something which transforms the actual syntax, not, not just a, a string or a set of expressions which have already been parsed, as in normal macros. You're actually generating totally new code in a way that has to be guaranteed itself. So you're responsible to make sure you are correct in the low-level transformations that you write. However, that power does let Rocket supply totally custom attributes, which is not something you can do without this ability. And those totally custom attributes are what make for Rocket's friendly and accessible API. I do plan to come back to procedural macros at some point to talk about them in more detail, because there's a lot to say, both about their future in light of RFC number 1566, which you should definitely take a look at. It's well-written and fairly easy to step through if you know Rust. And I would also like to talk about how you can use them if you like. But all of that after I've written at least one procedural macro myself, and that may be a ways out yet. Rocket's API is primarily built around a combination of traits to implement and a set of custom attribute type procedural macros, and then a couple of convenience macros of the normal macro-by-example variety. There are a number of high-level traits which your types can implement, and some of which they have to implement before they can be used with Rocket. Responder is the basic trait which all types which you use as a response to a request must implement. From data, lets you define how to transform some incoming data into your application's types. From param lets you turn dynamic path segments in your route matchers, which we'll talk about in a minute, into well-typed arguments to your route handling functions. From segments does the same basic thing, but it can do it with multiple path segments, not just one. From form takes, well, shockingly enough, HTTP form data and turns that into a type. From form value does the same thing with individual fields of a form, and you might use that to deal with the individual fields of the corresponding struct for a form that you've defined. From request lets you transform incoming request metadata. This lets you do things like require API keys in a header, to borrow one example from Rocket's documentation. Into outcome lets you define how to convert some type of your own into Rocket's outcome enum type. 
That outcome type is Rocket's way of representing the three states that any given request can have. Success, failure, or forward to the next possible handler. The outcome type, in other words, is kind of like a result, but for HTTP request handlers. And a given handler may be able to know, just in processing the request, that something is a success or a failure, but it also may not know whether something is a failure, and in that case it just passes it on rather than marking it as a failure just because it doesn't know how to process it. One other important type, which is not a trait, is the request struct, which defines an inbound request. But you're not normally going to use requests directly. Instead, you should use one or more of those trait methods to convert from a request into your own local types. There are lots of other concrete struct and enum types that you will care about in building a Rocket application, of course. But those traits form the underpinning for the entire system. And it's their combining with the procedural macros, that is, the custom attributes, which allow you to have all the nice type-safe code, which gets code transformed into all the extra handling pieces you need that let you do what you need to in terms of your own custom types. Rocket uses procedural macros to define custom attributes for routing. These are all just HTTP verb macros, with one important exception we'll talk about at the end. These are attributes for defining that a function handles a request for a given HTTP request type at a given path, and they also define how to handle any associated data from that request. For example, query parameters or the request body in a post or put operation or so on. The idea of using these kinds of attributes to define how a given function, well, functions, isn't an invention of Rocket, of course. There are plenty of variations on the implementation details, but the same basic pattern shows up in everything from Python's Flask framework with its decorators to the C-sharp asp.net MVC routing annotations, which in fact look a lot like Rocket's annotations. So Rocket is smart to adopt that same basic approach. It has a fairly good pedigree at this point. But it doesn't just adopt it unchanged. Remember, procedural macros are compiler plugins, and as such, they operate at compile time. So Rocket can do things and provide guarantees that are unavailable with decorators in Python, Python being a dynamic language, of course, doesn't have a compile time step, or even with attributes in C-sharp which, despite C-sharp being a compiled language, and despite that giving you some guarantees, well, those attributes are still ultimately runtime items. That means that Rocket can catch all sorts of errors, which would show up at runtime in other languages, but it can catch them at compile time, and that is a non-trivial win, if you ask me. This is one of the huge advantages of having a formal metaprogramming capability built into the language, and all the Lisp users everywhere rejoiced. This kind of capability is a big part of why stabilizing the procedural macro system is a major and ongoing goal and why it will unlock a lot of really neat things for Rust's future. Now, the custom attributes Rocket defines, and these will be no surprise to you if you're familiar with HTTP, are route, get, put, post, delete, head, patch, options, and error. And most of these are indeed very nearly self-explanatory if you've done any web programming before. Nearly all of those just map directly to the standard HTTP methods, and using them allows you to define a route corresponding to that HTTP verb. The route attribute is something like a long-handed attribute for 
each of those. You can define a route, which takes any specific HTTP verb as its first argument. So you can define route for get or route for put, and it's the same as just using the verb shorthand. This too is a common pattern in other frameworks. Each of those attributes takes arguments appropriate to what kind of attribute it is, and that includes the ability to handle request body data, query parameters, you name it. Any arguments specified in the attribute are then type-checked. Routes won't match if the types don't align, and that does happen at runtime, but because of the careful type-checking, it knows where to hand it off to error handlers. You can overload paths by providing a further argument to the attribute, rank, which specifies the order in which to attempt the match when you have multiple handlers set up for the same verb and path. Finally, there is one more attribute, error, and that is a special case. It defines a class of handlers which Rocket calls error catchers, and these are just like route handlers, but they only deal with error conditions, and they match on a per-error code basis. Now the big takeaway for all of these things is these are just attributes for functions. All route handlers in Rocket are just simple functions. They take inputs and they return a responder or they return some transformation which can then be applied to get a responder. And that's all there is to it. So when we put that all together, imagining that we have defined our types, defined the appropriate trait method implementations for them and defined our routes, we still need to set up Rocket itself in our main program. How would that work? You call Rocket's ignite function, which hands back an item that you can call mount and catch on, and finally call launch on. The mount method takes a path to mount and a list of functions in a routes bang macro. And catch does the same thing, but with a list of error handler functions, which you supply to an errors bang macro. Finally, launch actually starts the web application running. It's a very nice API. It's rustic, it's just a little bit clever in its names, and it's very efficient for setting up an app. I look forward very much to being able to use Rocket on a production app at some point, just because I like the API so much and it seems very well thought through. Hopefully that gives you some idea of how you'd tackle writing a simple application in Rocket. I encourage you very much to take a look at the website for many, many more details on how all of this works. You'll also see a marvelous example of technical documentation there. Rocket doesn't just supply crate docs, though it has very good crate docs. It also provides a great overview section and a helpful and detailed guide section on its own website. There are many technical details that make Rocket more immediately approachable for someone coming from another domain than Iron is. And again, that's not a dig on Iron, it's just an evaluation of what they're trying to be, and they're trying to be different things. But more important than any of those technical details in setting Rocket apart in terms of its approachability is the fact that Rocket has one of the best websites I've seen for any framework like this, in any language. Accordingly, if you're building a framework or library and you want it to be adopted, I strongly encourage you to find a way to build documentation around it that is this thorough and this well considered, and to make it look good, even if that's just by making heavy use of Bootstrap or something like it. It really does make your tool more attractive and easier to approach. In this case, that's icing on the cake of a really interesting framework in its own right, but that icing matters. You should definitely check out Rocket if you're looking to build something in the web world in Rust. Thanks to Anthony Deschamps, Benham Esfabod, Christopher Gifford, Chris Palmer, Dan Abrams, Daniel Cullen, Matt Rudder, Ben Whitley, Peter Tillemans, 
Philip Keller, Rafe Levine, and Vesa Kailavirta for sponsoring the show this month. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can set up recurring contributions at patreon.com slash neurastation. You can also give a one-off contribution at any of a number of other services, which I have listed on the show website. And if you're a company interested in advertising to developers, you can get in touch with me directly. The other huge way people support this show is by helping other people find it by linking it on social media, sharing it directly with a friend, or even just rating or recommending it in a podcast directory. Thank you very much to everyone who has done that over the past couple years. Show notes for this episode are available not only in the podcast player you're using right now, almost certainly, but also at newrustation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Kreitcho, or you can follow the show for retweets of Rust news as well as announcements of episodes at newrustation. And if you have Rust news, feel free to tweet it at me at either of those. I'll happily retweet it from both of them. That's also one great place for giving feedback. Others include the threads on Reddit, Hacker News, and the Rust user forums. And of course, I love just getting good old-fashioned email. You can send me a note at hello at newruststation.com. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, happy coding.